Uh, it's uh, February 20th, 2019. Mm-hmm. 2019. Get that right every time. I almost. sure do. It's a Friday packet with Stocky and Stout. I am Stocky. And so uh, I'm not. I'm Stout. That's Stout to my left. Almost the other guy so in the microphone. I. Yeah. Uh, TheFridayPacket at gmail.com. Or if you wanted to become a patron of said podcast, you go to patreon.com forward slash TheFridayPacket and you can buy us for a dollar and become a RoboCop level member. Uh, you know what else? Oh, wait, we have an Instagram, too. The underscore Friday underscore packet at Instagram dot. Yeah, we do have one of those. And I keep TV. forgetting to take goddamn pictures when I'm at council meetings. Yeah. I was at the one last night, and I was like, I should take a picture. <laughs> Both and of these people. Totally. <laughs> well, it was me and six other people. Yeah, it's um, pretty big I, was, I was the youngest person in the audience, I want to say. Yeah, um, by 40 years? <laughs> well, 20. <laughs> Let's be reasonable. It was be reasonable. It was after six. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was indeed. Um, but we have a special guest on we do. the podcast. Yeah, it's uh, Mr. Chad Brodarius uh, of uh, Uber Brew fame. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided that um, I like to have a beer while we record this podcast sometimes, and um, I wanted to know what the hell I was drinking, and I wanted to know... Uh, what uh, what the story is with beer in Billings and Montana and in general? So mm-hmm. welcome, Chad. Well, thank you guys. This is uh, I I don't know. I just like to sit back and listen to you guys. You guys keep me entertained. So, mm. um, <laughs> but I'm here to talk about there. beer, right? Yes. Yeah, you're 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 our listener, right? <laughs> I am. Sorry, Travis. I am that one listener. Travis wow. earmuffs. <laughs> Travis. Yeah. Earmuffs. Sorry, Travis. I I do get uh, distracted and have to pause you, and I feel bad. It's like, do they see this? Do I? They see my pause. Oh yeah, we track all pauses. Yeah, we yeah, do. 100%. We track it. They get a report. It's live. You and the North Koreans who yeah. <laughs> who like to listen to us. I have been weird. spreading the word to one other person so far. So have you? I'm doing my best. Good. Good. You're going <laughs> to double our listenership eventually. You uh, you brought us a six pack of beer. We have a six pack of beer here, and uh, we decided what it's a gallon and a half. Yeah, in one six pack. Yes. Mm. This is a large... It feels like I'm sitting a lot closer to it than I actually am. It feels like it's much closer to my face as I look at it. It sure does. We should put that up only in Instagramus. That oh, we're going to Instagram this. is an Instagramus. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So these are these are 32-ounce cans. What, what, what do we call these? The 32-ounce Crowler. Uh, trademarked Crowler. Just oh. so we... Kleenex. Yes. Hoover. Trademarked gotcha. Crowler. So it's different from... Say kettle houses crowler or is no, it's, it's like a uh, proprietary thing. Um, I believe the crowler was born out of Oscar Blues. Okay, and they are very industrious folks. Yeah, and they did a great job and um, trademarked the name crowler. Right on. So it's, it's a can growler. It's a can can growler can go to the river. Yeah, we can go to the river. Um, no glass, no breakage. Mm-hmm. Um, feels. It feels better in your hand than a growler. Mm. It does. Mm. <laughs> just and it's not just the can. Is is the entire process? Is it the canning process and the can itself? And there you have are, to buy specifically from, say, Oscar Blues or. You know, there's about two true outlets: Ball mm-hmm. Canning Corporation. They kind of own aluminum. Yeah. And uh, Crown Cork and Seal, in the great state of Wyoming. Really? Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. Shit's actually made in Wyoming sometimes. Is it? Yeah. 
I'll be glad. Lots of cans. Yeah. Come out of uh, Warland. No kidding. Warland, Wyoming. Yes. Huh. Why is that? You wonder. I'm going to wonder it out loud. I have oft asked the question myself. <laughs> Why Warland? <laughs> Wondering out loud like is great po- for is like a you know, like a prison population. <laughs> I don't know of any aluminum mines in Wyoming. I was no, thinking is there coal a, there. I know they're pretty proud of coal. Coal. They might be heating the liquid aluminum under the surface, there keeping it, it liquid. As, I'm not sure. Aluminum Just at the caldera. That's oh, all right. Yep. Makes sense. That's what it is. I Checks think out. that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. So like we got aluminum cans coming out of Wyoming. We've got Aviat airplanes coming out of. Like a town I can't even remember the name of. That's the other one that just Matisse? blew my... No, it's way wow. smaller than Matisse. That's Montana, right? Two dot? No. Okay. I don't ten, know. Sleep. ten sleep. Ten there sleep. Ten sleep. No, it's like... Two dot ten sleep. It's like five sleep tops. <laughs> might even be four sleep where Aviat's made. Yeah, but like, yeah, that's funny. It's just weird. I just get blindsided by... Wow. Wyoming has an export other than coal. That is your oh, own state. Goddamn. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was born in Wyoming. You were you've you've been in Billings off and on since fifth grade. I understand. Off and on since fifth grade. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And how long you been with uh, Uber Brew? I have been with Uber Brew for coming on my fourth year in March. Right on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what's your official capacity these days with Uber Brew? Uh, these days, um, I'm still the beer apostle. I think yeah. I've, I've been and remain and probably always will be. Okay. That's that's a wonderful title. Yeah, I don't want any more responsibility than that. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just just apostle. Keep it to, keep it at that. Yeah. yeah. I like it. So, yeah, it's been, been good. That's wonderful. Why, why don't we crack one of those big fuck-off beers right there? Yeah. Oh, okay. What, yeah, yeah. What would you... What'd so you drag by today for us? we brought Canoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's a, some, a, a, somewhat of a favorite of yours, Yeah, show. a perennial favorite uh, of mine, absolutely. Trifitti Barrel Rested. That is always one to help you get weak need. Oh, um, boy. Amber Lager, the Uber Special. We brought an Amora IPA, and we brought a Nelson Smash IPA. Right so on. We can pass whatever you'd like. Stout, you, you, you pick. Um... Let's uh, let's start easy with the canoe. Canoe. We're not gonna have to. We're not gonna have to clear pallets for that. Hey, Stocky. Yeah. I see you have six hundred and thirty thousand cups right over here. Would you mind if I bust a couple of those? Out? I'm sure we can petition the task force, and they'd be perfectly fine with are that. Are those task force cups? Maybe. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that they are. I'm not gonna say that they are. I don't even know what we're talking about right oh, now. Well, what are we? I West End Task Force. We're talking about. I don't even see them. We are unaffiliated. <laughs> It's this. It's got a nice crack. These. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, they just. It's like the bass drum of beer cans. It is. It's the bass drum of beer cans. <laughs> um, mm. Canoe. Yeah. So, as a beer apostle, what what does that entail at Uber Brew? What is your what is your role responsibility? You know, my responsibility is uh, continuing to change. I be, I'm head of operations right now. That's kind of what that. Entails. So um, you day to day stuff? Are you talking about scheduling, or are you uh, um, dealing with the restaurant at all, or are you just on the the beer making I side? I am. I am in the process now. I kind of touch a little bit of everything there. Ooh. So do you wash your hands in between? <laughs> quite regularly. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I've never seen a plastic glove. I'm just yeah. That's right. Good. Thanks for checking. I will don the plastic glove every so often. Okay, good, but I prefer the hand washing. Sure, sure, sure. How's business down at Uber Brew? Is it still Great. pretty steady? Great. Yes. Wonderful. Good. Um, it's, uh, we love serving 
our wonderful community, and they're coming out in uh, droves to support us. So we are keep doing what we're doing and mm-hmm. uh, hope that it continues to fill the need. But, yeah, business is good. Things, awesome. Exciting things that we have going on. Um, I we, we have a few new beers we're going to bring to the marketplace. That's kind of exciting. Um, You're kind of one of the few brewers in town that actually has cans and, what, six-packs that show up on shelves. Mm-hmm. Um, what was part of that decision? Did you see a sort of a need filled there? Um, uh, what was the whole process behind that? Do you have it? What, what is the whole process of, of bringing a can to market that ends up on Albertson shelves here in town? Yeah. Um, it is a process that involves every level of government. The federal government likes to be involved in that process. Typical um, government. The <laughs> state government mm-hmm. is not near as involved, but they like to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you're still a microbrewery, right? You're still, yeah. you're only allowed to, or that's kind of, I guess the, I'm just word vomiting all over the place, but <laughs> the crux of my question is, is it's a microbrewery, but you're, you're, you're producing crawlers now, um, and cans, um, what what is the not go around, but what is the um, I guess I don't know legal ease of that. The legal ease, the legally it's uh, a confusing web of menagerie of legal ease for sure. I think that you know in Montana, especially our tap room laws, our brewery tap room exemption laws are very misunderstood. Last night I ran into a gentleman that developed that conversation and asked, uh, he was, he was aware he was paying attention to the Senate bill that made it through a committee and then just died. Um, so he was aware and that was great and talked to me and said, asked me, he said, well, why don't you just buy a license? Everybody else does just buy one. Mm-hmm. I said, that would be awesome. We cannot legally buy a license. We're yeah. not allowed to buy state laws. So manufacturers can't own a retail license. And I think that that is a assumption that a lot of folks in our state make. And I understand why the information is not really readily available Mm -hmm. and arguments that do come. That's the constant argument is why don't we just buy a license? And we can, there are examples of folks who are operating and do have license attached to their business, but it is a different different entity it's kind of like kettle house up in in bonner now where yeah, they're, they're canning all their stuff yes um maybe lewis and clark probably has a separate you know up in helena closely held licenses at lewis and clark yes bonner which is an awesome facility oh, sweet um, um last what? chance cider mill yeah brew pub. red lodge ales brew pub yeah so um, they they for instance brew pub mm-hmm. they brew their beer in the back room and then sell it to the bar Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So they're, they're different businesses. Billings Brewery, I believe. Yeah. Billings Brewery is the name of their actual brewery. Huh. Uh, The brewery side, the Bruce Beer. Of course, their business is Montana Brewing Company. Yeah, absolutely. And Montana Brewing Company holds the beverage license. Uh, I believe it's a family ordeal there. Sure. Which is absolutely legal. Yep. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. And that, well, that's interesting though, because then... Uh, Billings Brewery, there's no, there's no tap room. No tap room. Yeah, I believe this is 
from years ago, and I, sorry, Sean and Mike, if I am misquoting, but uh, <laughs> I believe at one point they had entertained the idea of maybe um, looking into how they could even develop a tap room there. Yeah, which they could mm-hmm. legally. Yeah, so have to be separated from this and that, and has to be connected to the room where blah blah blah. I you have to build a wall apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's expensive. I hear it's kind of sensitive right now too. Walls, so. walls are expensive. We'll stay, we'll stay away from the wall. Yeah, I, they could declare a beer emergency and just take the money for the wall from other things. Right, keep the beer out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> or in or whatever it is. Or in. We'll yeah. make the beer pay for the wall. <laughs> that's who should pay for the wall. <laughs> that's, that's fucked up, man. Um, so yeah, but so uh, Uber Canoe and uh, I believe it's your Hefeweizen shows up. Um, so that is that. How does that reach marketplace? What do you what do you do to make that happen? To the marketplace, you know, we gauge the consumer interest, and we feel like if we see the consumer interest in a in a product, then we kind of watch what the industry does, and we we generally try to pay attention to what's going on in outlying markets, some um, more developed uh, markets from a craft beer standpoint, uh, markets that maybe a little more saturated and have been doing this a little longer than, than the Billings Montana marketplace has mm-hmm. in its current state. Um, and as we watch that and we see the consumer interest develop here, then we say, okay, this is the brand we're going to take. We get with our designer and we start having all kinds of fun little design sessions through the process. What would this look like? How would we do this? Mm-hmm. And uh, once that happens, we feel like we're, uh, about ready to actually push the button and bring something to market. So that's when we send the can package to the federal government. So they get it. The process um, stalls a bit, especially <laughs> when you're shut down. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Um, and it goes through a review with COLA. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that process, as soon as they approve you, which – I will give those folks credit. They came back to work and just approved several labels for us in rapid time. So, sure. Thank you, Cola folks, if you're listening. Um, What's Cola stand for? Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Fuck, sorry. Um, like, um, <laughs> like Coca Cola? No. Uh, it is the Coalition a, of Abbreviated Labels. Yes. Yep. Um, Association. Licensing alcohol s- stuff. Yeah. Yes. So it, but it's an acronym. It's and an it's acronym. A, it's a federal yes. government yes. acronym. I knew gotcha. I was going to back myself into that corner. That's too. all right. I apologize. <laughs> I feel like we were all involved here. It's okay. <laughs> we're all going to walk away. Right. Um. So they got they got you all approved for yeah. your next product, which yeah. you can or cannot uh, reveal. It doesn't matter. I, anyway. I I can. Um. um our Amora IPA. Mm. We're going to put in a can. Yes. Mm. So that will be. That's a product that. Our, that we've seen the marketplace call for. We went through that process, developed it. We thought we were we were feeling kind of good about ourselves. We thought we were kind of big shots and then uh, had it all planned out. And then we had, like I said, the shutdown and it's been stalled. So yeah, they But they turned that for us very quickly and it's all going to work out wonderfully. Sure. Mm, so, okay. I like yeah. it. So you send the can off and then the recipe for the beer is... Because is, there's is there a cannery in Billings? <laughs> So that, that like there is, let me think, let me make sure there is no one in Billings that is canning beer currently. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Is there anybody angling towards that? Because you know, there's some mobile canning opportunities yeah. where you can have someone come in and can your beer. Uh, that happens. I believe Angry Hanks does that a little bit. They mm-hmm. bring in a mobile canner and do mm-hmm. that just to support the tap room a little bit. And uh, it's not something we've gravitated towards for various reasons. Um, the primary reason is we do not have the Space. proper packaging equipment to yeah. do that. That's quite a big It, it would upgrade. be a mess if we did yeah. it. Um, Angry Hanks, they are a definitely a packaging-focused brewery. They package everything, uh, kegs primarily. Sure. Yeah. And so they have the bright tanks, et cetera, to control that process and get that into a package. <laughs> and uh, so they're, they're kind of set up for it. We're not set up for it. We are truly a brew pub. Mm-hmm. That's what our focus is like a tasting room <clears throat> slash, yeah. you know, yep. That uh, process eatery. has evolved and we found that we have definite deficiencies. So sure. Well, and if you want to, yeah, if you were going to wait for that mobile fellow to show up too, you'd all, you'd Luke. have to order. Yeah. Well, well that was, <laughs> yeah, we, we've been over that. Uh, <laughs> you'd have to, you'd have to make a shitload of one kind of beer on a very tight schedule to have it ready for, that canning operation to show up and do it all at once and then yeah. store that shit yes. all at one point and you'd have to neglect all of your other beers yes. for mm-hmm. the week and a half leading up to that. Because in my mind, yeah, like it's so simple. It's like, well, cans are awesome. I mean, you know, they're obviously renewable. You just like smash them and throw mm-hmm. them away. But there's a whole bunch of like quality control stuff you have to do, you know. There's just sure. so much more involved with it than just like, well, just open up a cannery and just start slapping beer in cans. It's easy, right? I think I've been set up here. Joe knows all Stocky does, not Stout. Um, <laughs> he knows all about this process. I can <laughs> see that. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> well, obviously from my slapping motion, I obviously know how the beer goes into the can. <laughs> right. We slap it into the can. Yeah. After we wash our There's hands. There's some sort of wart that happens, and then you go, we, wham. Yep. yep we wash, Speaking of cans. You wash your hands first. So. And that one over here. I'm, okay. Um, I'm sorry. No, it, you know... To that point, we looked and we decided for us that uh, to move our packaging operation, we had enough <laughs> we had enough demand from the consumer that mm-hmm. we decided let's package some beer. Um, we realized that that wasn't going to work in our little facility in downtown Billings. Sure. And to bring a mobile canner in wasn't going to work because we didn't have the equipment. Um, do, you th- do you think there is a need if someone were to open, say, in an independent cannery mobile cannery that will float around up because there's literally like seven eight brew pubs downtown mm-hmm. yeah i mean mm-hmm. if if there was this one person floating around you think there were there there would be a need and a, a demand for that kind of and follow-up question would it fit in a tiny house would it fit in a tiny house <laughs> Sorry. now i have intrigue here <laughs> anyway yeah would a one-ton truck right pulling a tiny house with a cannery in it be a practical <laughs> and worthwhile business decision and did you bring me? your wallet well it would be fun <laughs> it'd be anyway. a shit show <laughs> yes it would sorry sorry to interrupt you were hey, oh no 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 i and i must uh i'm gonna come back we have um a wonderful new spot that's open yellowstone valley brewing yes They've come back online, and they will be producing cans into the marketplace um, on premise. Sure. So <laughs> I want to back up, and they're they're coming new to the game doing that, so good for them. But yeah. legally, they absolutely cannot can anyone else's beer there? No. Yeah, that would make sense. Right. Because those laws are silly. 
So it makes sense that that is the case. Yeah. <laughs> they could do something, you know, so that would lead into kind of what we're doing. We made a, we made a decision. We're going to package beer, blah, blah, blah. Um, in doing that, Joe Stocky mentioned yeah. that, uh, <laughs> I guess I should just stick with the yeah, yeah, can right. slapper. Um, <laughs> can slapper. We, we decided that we wanted to package some beer and get it out there. And it was very important for us to do it in, in the right manner. So quality control lab is important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to be able to have those lab analytics so that we understand what we're putting in a can is what we should be putting in a can. Sure. Um, there's a lot of integrity to that and different folks make different decisions for different reasons. So ours was, we wanted all of those services available so that we could monitor and see what we were putting in cans. Yeah. Um, we reached far and wide at the time. There was no one in the state. We actually did reach out to big sky brewing in Hmm. Missoula at one point and discussed with them about, hey, can we work out some kind of a contract situation? And they were very interested, intrigued, but at the time their capacity was jam-packed. They said yeah. we could probably hit and miss you, and don't quote me, anyone on that from Big Sky. I mm. think that's how it was. <laughs> um, but but in, we did. We sure. reached out in state. We found uh, no one in state, so we started on a search for water. Uh, where can we find good water to brew our beer with? And who has the services to do this? And we run into some wonderful folks in Denver, Colorado, um, at a brewery called Sleeping Giant Brewing. Oh, yeah. Um, that'll have some familiarity of a ring around here. No affiliation from a past brewery that was in Helena and Billings. Mm-hmm. Is it in the southwest corner of the state? Sleeping Giant? No, not the Sleeping Ute. Oh, Sorry, sleeping, uh, yeah. my mind's in me. I'm <laughs> word vomiting again. Uh, sleeping Giant. Sorry, so, yeah. So Keep Sleeping going. Giant. We looked into them. Great water. They are. They are in existence to brew contract brew beer for breweries around the country. So they do not brew their own brand. They do not put their own brand on the shelf. Hmm. Um, they have specifically been, brew beer on a contract that gets sent to them. Yep. Recipe. Yep. So in that situation, does somebody from like Uber go down and say, this is how we do it? We do. And there's someone that lives in the brewery for that allotted amount of time. that That's you part of the mirror apostle piece. I get to ah. drag my stuff with me and sleep in the brewery and it's great. No, it's, it's, it's a facility that we feel fortunate to be able to work with. What we get to learn through that process, uh, I don't know, their investment is... Uh, significant um 20 million dollars probably in that neighborhood i would guess at this point wow of what they have on the floor um they have some very nice equipment great lab uh full analytics for us and uh, we we enjoy going down there to be able to brew beer with them they actually they encourage it they invite us in house (laughs) they want to be a part of the process uh taste our beer with us that we Oh, yeah. um, brew here. Uh, the goal is, and they challenge themselves with matching, and we feel that even in matching um, through their process, they even supersede what we do. So, well, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's fun. We again, we learn a lot from them. So you know, then they're running it on a canning line that costs more than our brewery. Um, sure. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. You know, it's really fun to watch your product mm-hmm. go into 
a can on a line like that that is in our in our current state is out of our reach mm-hmm. and the canning line wouldn't fit in our building so <laughs> well that's fair that is another problem it's just it's interesting to think of a canning line like that you can can it down there or you can brew it down there and can it and box it and then, then ship it back up to montana and it's still cheaper than having an in-house sort of thing in in you know in-house it's yeah. i don't know it's, it's just it's weird it's, it just seems backwards in my mind it is. So it's, it it know, seems so simple in my mind. It's like, well, you're your brewery. You just can your own beer and then sell it to people, right? Yeah, right. It, it seems so easy. Pour a pitcher, pour it into cans, screw yep. the top on somehow. You probably. forgot the slap. Oh, yeah. The you slap. gotta do the fucking can slap. The slap, slap is You gotta important. do the Ric Flair woo on the cans. <laughs> That's a lot of woos. <laughs> 24 yeah. woos per case. <laughs> woo. <laughs> yeah. It's too many. <laughs> woos, yeah. No, it's. Uh, it's not any more complex than anything anybody else does. It's just uh, mm-hmm. beer, like you said. It's just beer. So, like and, uh, Lewis and Clark up in Helena, did they've got their own in-house thing, like for Prickly Pear and their uh, Miner's Gold. Lewis and Clark just built and finished their new facility last year. I want to say is when the facility was finished. It's a very very nice facility. Um, I think they have some opportunities to contract brew for beer, but I don't. I don't know. You we don't haven't reached will. out to that. No. We uh, we really like the partner that we're working with. Sure, yeah, you've got a relationship with Sleeping Giant. And They're great. They do a great job. Most of them are ex Miller Coors folks who mm-hmm. decided, you know, they wanted to kind of scale back what they do, and so mm-hmm. they've brought their uh, expertise expertise along with them so to be able to pick those brains it's very valuable to absolutely us, for sure so so when i moved here there was the brew pub which is i uh, billings brewing i guess now billings and brewing, then selling to the billings brew pub yeah and right? then is that how it goes well billings, now it's montana brewing Brewery company. selling to montana, montana brewing company. company yes which is yeah. silly that montana brewing company has to buy their beer from a brewery but um there was that. There was Himmelberger. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Dennis Himmelberger. And old Denny. And then, when did Yellowstone Valley fire up back then? Like, early 90s? Early 90s? Nine, was it 95? Yeah, early yeah. to mid 90s, yeah. So when I rolled in, there were three brewers, and Himmelberger was basically exclusively sold in Pug Mahones. Right. If I, if I remember correctly. Yes. And had a few other accounts, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And my first experience with beer was Rolling Rock, mm. and you could have Rolling Rock, or you could have Coors, or you could have Bud, or you could have the diet version of either of those. Mm-hmm. And then this new thing called Fat Tire came on the scene. Yes, and I'd tasted those other five, and decided that I did not like beer. Um, and then I had a Fat Tire. And I thought, wait a minute, I think beer's kind of good, as it turns out. And then all this microbrewery stuff, I mean, clearly was already happening. It started, you know, in the 70s, yes. basically, with Jimmy Carter. And yes. we'll go back that far, yes. too. But, um, mm, man, we are in a time machine right now. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> somebody make the sound. Mm. Um, what, what happened? Like... Why did why did uh, small scale brewing take off 
the the way it did. And we can even start back when Mr. Carter made it basically legal yeah. to homebrew. And then I imagine it started in homebrews, and then friends started liking it, and you made more and made more, and pretty soon you got Boulder Brewing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing to do with Billy Beer, which was um, <laughs> his brother's attempt at making beer and making hay off of let's, Jimmy Carter's name. Let's 100% right. say that is... Full disclosure, I still have a can of Billy Beer in my, my fridge. Who do you? I do. It wow. came out of my grandma's fridge when she passed away. I took it. I took up that torch. I still got a can of Billy Beer that in, in my fridge. excellent. It's yeah. probably better to have than drink. Yeah, you can look at it and go, huh, Billy Beer. I'll be goddamn. <laughs> I'll put that right here. What are we doing? So... <laughs> Imagine, imagine, but that's, I'm sure that was part of it, honestly, why Jimmy did what he did. But so yeah. people started home brewing under the Carter administration, basically. Uh-huh. He made it legal to what, do five gallons of beer a year or uh-huh. something like that? Yeah. Um, or Congress passed a law or he was pushing and signed it into law, whatever, yeah, whatever like the that. whole process was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. We'll go with that. I like it. So right. what? That's, that's kind of how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It took off. There was a lot of slapping. And then so much slapping. <laughs> it took off in the early 2000s. Like, what What do you think fueled it? You know, I, I think that in the 90s is the r- resurrection of craft brewing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, for years, it was 2015, 16, that we actually found ourselves operating at a level of the number of breweries that were in existence in this country before prohibition. No kidding. So it took us again through the process of legalizing the process again of home brewing, developing that craft again, people getting becoming craftsmen, tradesmen in that in that field. Sure. And uh, twenty fifteen, I wanna say, is where we started to reach the uh, level of the number of breweries that we had once seen before prohibition okay so it was kind of a thing that was always here it was um squashed sure and when it was squashed um you know i think that uh as with a lot of those things the people ran from the industry and were scared it was volatile and uh a few of those folks that had the monies to invest took up the torch and ran with it yeah. Um, in the country, you know, in this country, Budweiser um, truly was a fairly young brand when it began to show itself and hmm. and come on the marketplace like it come into the marketplace like it has. Mm-hmm. So for a while, they had a an, a market that had been decimated. Um, breweries somewhere in the neighborhood of. Uh, Let's call it 5,000 breweries uh, before Prohibition. I once had that on the top of my head, but since I've lost it, too much apostling. <laughs> um, Fair enough. <laughs> so, you know, if we use that number right around 5,000 breweries, um, we attained that somewhere around 2015 again. Okay. And it's grown to in the neighborhood of about 7,000. No right shit. Now. Yeah. Wow. So it's not linear. The craft. <laughs> no. Mm. <laughs> the craft has been there. Mm-hmm. It's come and gone primarily due to legislation and law oh, that, okay. that crushed 
the industry. Yeah. And then as the industry crushed and faded away, it uh, it started rearing its head through large conglomerates. Those are the ones that could f- invest the money and. Sure. I don't know. Maybe it was a ploy. I'm not saying. Smoke it wires. Right. Yeah. So all on the up and up and up. Keep going. Stocky's okay, he's got to step out. Oh yeah. <laughs> so go yeah, it's, uh, it, it's it's an interesting industry. So it, we've we've now come to the point of um, pre-prohibition numbers. That's pretty fantastic. So and, we're back and and exceeded those numbers and exceeded now. Absolutely, that's pretty groovy. Um, <clears throat> I know in Billings what. We're a town of, uh, we'll just, for argument's sake. We're say, rounding numbers right yeah. now. So. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> These are all guesses. Please email with your corrections, as you will. Just please email us. We just want an email. Crash the server, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, we dare you. So but say 100,000 people. Um, yeah. We got, how many how many breweries in Billings now? Uh, we have seven Yeah, breweries in Billings. With... Probably at least one or two more in the works. We do at any given time. I I hear of one in the news for sure, mm-hmm. and that's exciting. Um, I know of another one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So definitely one more in the works for sure. And I've heard whispers of another one. Right. Um, and yet another whisper of yet another one another one but st- they're and they're still in the discovery phase and finding the yes facility and blah 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 but is that is that kind of where the ratio is at around the country or are we a beer heavy town or yeah no yeah <laughs> no <laughs> Good. I don't believe in saturation, especially beer. I think I agree. Marination, yeah, is is more how I like to describe that. Yeah. Um, years traveling as we've traveled to Colorado, Denver specifically. Oh man, it's kind of become an American beer mecca. Yeah, I guess. it's the Napa Valley of beer, right? Yeah, it's it's got its own thing going on. Um, a few years ago, we started hearing them say that saturation word. And the market saturated, and this, that, and the other, and you know, really, no, it wasn't. The no. production was still growing. Um, the pie was getting chopped up for sure. So some of the larger, more established that had been growing at uh, crazy rapid rates and owning market share had seen their market share declining, while a bunch of new startups had been doing great. Sure. Yeah. Um, so. It's it's just a market correction, I think. Okay. Um, just a smaller scale version of the '90s, basically. Yeah. Yeah, where you had your absolute five big ones. Yep. And then, for instance, New Belgium started nipping mm-hmm. and taking their bites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now New Belgium's the big one. Mm-hmm. And you've got little outfits like well, Sam Adams. I mean, Sam Adams. Sam Adams. Yingling, uh, Sierra Nevada. Yeah. Oscar Blues. Sure. Big. Uh, Yingling, they're and, cool. I and like Oscar Blues started out as a tap room. Absolutely, Oscar Blues is not the, but one of the really cool craft beer stories. Oh God, they it's have a beautiful uh, story. Done amazing things, mm-hmm. and they give back to the industry. So yeah. that's why we're drinking Crowlers right here. Here we are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I've got a friend who uh, is a cop. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> definitely a cop. 
<laughs> I actually have a friend who worked in New Belgium uh, long enough to receive the bike. Mm-hmm. And I've got a friend who... Um, Reeb. Yeah. 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 Worked with Reeb. I'd like to be an apostle for them for, I think it's three years. Mm-hmm. So I could get a Reeb. Dude. So what's funny is... Because I can't afford one. There's... there's um, you can also work for Reeb themselves as at the, as in the bike world uh-huh. and you get the beer. Do you get free beer? So you can work in the beer and get the bike. Ooh, I didn't know that. Or you that. can work in the bike and get the beer. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty groovy stuff. I have a friend that worked with them with Oscar Blues long enough that he got a Reeb. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty so, that's pretty awesome. It is pretty cool. I love it. Yeah. Um I you know, I I agree with you. I don't think I think there's still room for breweries in Billings. I think so. I think it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I love what we do. I love our industry. And to me, yeah. it's not saturation. It's we need to be looking for marination. Yeah. Uh, I like the marinating part. Um, mm-hmm. I love that. A a uh, well-lubricated society is <laughs> a society that I support. Advantageous. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Once again, Travis, earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, it's kind of twofold. You got the beer, but you've also got the gathering space, which yeah, I the think community. is yeah, people getting together, not necessarily um, for the beer, but just a place to to hang out, like you know, say in in England or something. You know, you got a pub on every corner, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got your own home pub, and I think that's part of the fold as well with with the the. Uh, I agree. The craft brews and absolutely, and I think that's really important. We, <laughs> I walk in, I frequent. All of the breweries in this city fairly frequently. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that I really wanted to explore here. I think the um, collaboration uh, between breweries and just the friendliness between breweries is a really nice feature of that particular kind of society. Um, I've been in, I've been sitting in just about every tap room in this town. And you have walked in with the illustrious Mark, who's mm-hmm. the head brewer at Uber. Who was supposed to be here, but he's sick. Yeah, well. well he's just... more interesting than me, too, so. No. <laughs> I'm not going to take sides here. But you have walked in with Mark, and very often a brewer from another brewery. Yeah. And while that is happening, another brewer for, from yet another brewery is already at this tap room. I, and you guys all sit and talk and discuss things and trade ideas and trade beers around. And you'll take a, if you get a cool beer from somewhere out of town, you'll take it over to the other place and share it along with the other brewers. And I think that's a really nice thing. I like that it's, um, yeah, it's competition, but it's very friendly competition. It is. It's very friendly competition. I think that's part of the, well, it is the draw to the industry for me. Yeah. Um, I love the end product that we, end up with i really do enjoy the beer but i think the camaraderie the collaboration Mm -hmm. the willingness to share um it's it's an industry that's driven in most cases um we always want to get better at our craft yeah and we can lean on each other to help where someone's strong and we may have questions or or are able to question them on a process that they do it's uh it's very open um sure in, in most cases, it's 
a completely open book. Yeah. Um, and so I, I will say, you know, I had homebrewed for years, late eighties. Sure. Um, never would have called myself close to a professional. Um, <laughs> I became truly then a real connoisseur and beer interested me. And I worked with and, and, and developed relationships with a lot of the brewers in town. Um, because <laughs> beers very important to me. Um, <laughs> so when I had the opportunity to work with Mark, it, it was, it was, uh, really exciting because he, he himself was the open book. I mean, I, I came in and, and he said, you know, what do you want to know? What do you want to learn? Here we go. Yeah. And it's been phenomenal. It's been really not like any other experience in the diverse career that I've held. Um, Everybody wants to hold that secret for some reason. Maybe it's competitive edge. Maybe it's sure. the the turkey for Christmas. I don't know why, but uh, they want to hold some of that. It seems I've I've seen some of that. Um, nobody wants to give up all their secrets. And Mark was very open and said, "Yeah, I'll show you, teach you, whatever you want to know, and whatever you apply yourself to." So cool. it's been great, and I've learned a lot from him, and I, I'll learn a lot more from him. Um, but as a whole, to your point, we take that and we step outside and it's, it's the same thing. Um, you know, we, we feel like certain guys are doing certain things with certain grain, certain yeast, certain packaging techniques, etc. So, you know, it's, it's great. You can go and lean on them a little bit and say, Hey, uh, what did you do? How'd that work for you? And everybody's really willing to share. I think it's an industry that is very motivated um to to improve and, and get better at what they do so I th- and i think it's a very um good example of the theory that a, a rising tide lifts all boats yes um and <clears throat> from what i've seen so far anyway uh it seems like a good uh brewery environment creates its own market because it brings in people who were not even previously interested in such things. So, yeah, you know, I, we all know somebody who five years ago wouldn't touch anything but Bud Light. And Bud Light has its place. Not dogging, Marty. Right. But, um, <laughs> but then also, oh, I tried this and I actually kind of like it. And so it, it, people will, you know, sample and enjoy these things and, and the market will increase as the availability increases. Absolutely. It's a cool situation. And then also, as far as collaboration goes, you see something in brewing that you don't see in many other industries where two separate companies, say Uber Brew and Thirsty Street, will come together and make a beer together. Yeah. That they say, this is our collaboration. Yeah. And that's that's exciting. That's a cool thing, man. Yeah. And you nailed it. And we... We get to brew. We are going to brew a beer with Thirsty Street for the upcoming Billings Craft Beer Week. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about that. So we get to brew a beer with Shay and Jill at Thirsty Street that, um, through communication, it's a yeast strain that both breweries have been very interested in. And we've talked about it and we thought, well, let's just collaborate and do it together and learn together on this process. And, uh, so we'll have that, and we'll have that released somewhere around the 12th of May. Sure. 
Um, so that's cool. a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot together. Shay brewed a small homebrew batch with the yeast already that I tasted the other day so we could get her get an idea of what we're looking at, and it was exciting. Do you want to share with us the uh, story of said <laughs> yeast? So there is um, there's a strain of yeast that has become fairly popular right now. It's still not widespread use by any mean. Um, it's Kvik, K-V-E-I-K. Um, it is a Norwegian farmhouse strain. Mm. So a strain that was born on the farms in Norway. And the reading I've done has been more technical overall, but my favorite piece of this was understanding how those farmhouse strains were used. And truly the farmhouse was farmhouse beers were developed out of what yeast was available to the farmer. What was the microflora? What, what, what ingredients did they have around the farm to make beer? Yeah. Literally right there. Right. Yeah. Yes. So very localized. Sure. On the farm. Um, so this yeast came out of the uh, came out of Norway, and as I was reading, um, the thing I found interesting interesting is the fjords and the valleys that created these farms and communities. Um, never been to Norway. I want to go. Shout out to Kyler. Uh, take your dad. Um, sorry, uh, I like it. That's what I'm trying to motivate for. him a little bit hmm. to go take me. Um, so. The fjords uh, and, and the in the farming the, the rich farming valleys that run down to the sea floor are divided by large mountain ranges, mm-hmm. and in these fjords, farmers as they brewed their um, wild yeast beers and, and developed them over time and continued to use them in their beer brewing process, found that oh, you know this is great, but I'm kind of tired of this. I want I want a little something different. So they kind of just be bopped over to the next fjord and um, kind of checked out what was going on there. And they found farmers doing the same thing, of course. Um, but the yeast strains were a little different. So um, at the time, they started carrying this yeast. And this so this yeast is very um, vibrant. Um, they would take and something, if you imagine, like a dream catcher. If we, you know, um, um, a, a wheel with... Uh, yarn run through it uh, a spokes dream. almost spokes yes sure. thank you um so they take basically a dream catcher they dunk it in this yeast um from the farm it would dry um they'd carry it over to the next fjord and they would trade with other farmers so they were trading these yeast strains and bringing them back to the farm and then brewing with them yeast again was uh very vibrant and would come come to uh become very active mm-hmm. um i think that i don't know it's, I, I haven't went this far but i think that's part of the evolution maybe of the strain it became sure. um became hyper uh attenuative so it will ferment extremely fast and uh, i'm interested where that comes from but that's a whole nother story i suppose yeah. <laughs> um so they'd bring this new yeast strain back to their farm and uh find themselves um mixing yeast strains and, and really yeah. developing a strain that was 
um, spot on for what they wanted. So they could turn beer fast. Um, it did not produce really off esters. Uh, it became a strain that was very, um, very reliable and would ferment between temperatures of we're seeing 58 to 100 degrees. Whoa. Um, which is very, very interesting for um, a, one specific yeast strain to ferment beer in that. Um, there's a few that are certainly in that category, but it, they're not, they're few and far between. That's a huge range. It is, yes. The wow. We've never used it. Like I said, Shea brewed a homebrew batch of it just to kind of see and see if we could get an idea. Um, he used it very traditionally, uh, fermented it out, let it free rise, didn't, uh, didn't hold the beer under any specific temperature range, just um, developed the wort, pitched the yeast, and let it go. It free rise to 85 degrees, and um, it's phenomenal. Wow, yeah. <laughs> it's got a great mouthfeel. It does not have any off-putting esters, but it does have some great esters that have brought some it's really a soft mouthfeel, kind of a citrus, just a very light citrusy um, okay. attribute to it. And when so, you say esters, what do you mean by esters for, I'm not saying that I don't know what an ester is, but you know I don't know what an ester is. When you say esters out loud, I'm like, like the coffee place? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. the lady who made coffee Wasn't she, uh, that was the lady that somewhere run around with Job or something like that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, that's a different, yeah. Oh, no, well, that's not that ester. ester. Okay. Yeah. Um, or Esther's coffee. Mm-hmm. That's a great reference. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we miss you, Esther. Yeah, we do. We love you. Um, I wasn't insinuating. Esther's still with us. So we're talking about yeah, now. yeah, yeah. yeah she, okay, she lives down the street. Yes, uh, that's yeah. Um, so esters would be um, chemical compounds that develop through that fermentation process, and they can carry um, they can carry different off-putting flavors at some times. Mm. Uh, they can also carry very positive flavors. Um, lime, orange peel, citrus, coriander characteristics that develop through the yeast um, based on the byproduct of their fermentation. And at the temperature range that they're fermented, they can change, those esters that develop can change through that process. And esters can, uh, you can can both smell and taste esters. Yes. I mean, even separately. Yes. But they're both, yeah, they're very critical parts of the character of a, Beer or a wine or a Absolutely. spirit or whatever. Yeah. yeah. They really help round and bring flavor complexity. So are we talking sure. like, is this like going to be farmhousey kind of sweet, um, beginning to be fruity kind of a beer? Uh, no. Really? No, it's not. It's, uh, so I think for... I think French farmhouse is mm-hmm. one is a strain, um, and I think you know from that you can some French and some Belgian strange strains both. You can get that clove, mm-hmm. a little bit of clove uh, flavor, some coriander, mm-hmm. etc. Um, more spice in sure, the esters yeah. of that. And this yeast doesn't, uh, at least what I've read and what I've tasted um, the other day at Thirsty Street. Um, in Shay's homebrew batch, those esters are not prevalent at all. They're nice. much, just very clean. It's very clean, maybe light fruity. I've heard lime, and I'm trying to taste lime, and I haven't really tasted lime. 
but there is certainly some sort of a citrus element. Far out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. So it's it's not that clovey saison saison Frenchy farmhouse. Yep, yeah, that you would kind of interesting might be there. Yeah. So That's it's cool. uh, I'm really excited. I think the goal is we're going to brew several batches um, of with the yeast of different beer. And I think the plan then is also to take some wort, and I believe Shea is going to barrel age some wort, Ooh. Um, and uh, maybe pitch some bugs to it, Lactobacillus or Saccharomyces or something of that nature. Yeah, is that so, uh, is that going to get you into sour territory? Should take you that direction. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so that's interesting. So there are so many. So many things that contribute to the the flavor character of a beer, um, but basically, yeast, malt, um, and and hops, and water, and and the water that's used to brew. Yeah. Yes. And we won't go into the equipment that you use nope. and the temp- temperature, but basically, malt is the sugar. Yep. Um, yeast is what ferments the sugar, and turns it into alcohol, mm-hmm. and then hops gives it its kind of bitter um uh, non-cloying some dryness sometimes yeah, even absolutely. i think bitter is the right term mm-hmm. bitter's that uh off-putting term to some folks but yeah i like bitter but yeah. it, it's certainly um dry sure. yeah yeah works well um, in montana bitter. and uh <laughs> bitter um the weather's been a little bitter yeah it is <laughs> um <laughs> um Hops are techniques and how we use hops have changed a lot. Okay. Um, we're doing, we're using techniques that two years ago we were not using. No kidding. Um, and it's completely a technique driven through part of the process. And uh, so hops certainly develop the bitterness. They certainly help develop a roundness of flavor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the, the famous one that we always see people say, I be what does that mean? And um Is that it, about it, IBU. It's not my favorite topic in beer, so I'm being uh oh, a little bit forget I said anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so IBU I, Does it taste like sadness? Right, right. <laughs> IBU. Um <laughs> so <laughs> the International Bitterness Unit. Ooh. Um yeah. You know, it's um, it's something that we've for for quite a few years. It's become something popular. It's information. It's beer information. Mm. It's a rating. It's a rating. Yeah, yeah. and it's something some I can fonts. say. Look what I know. That's like fifty IBUs. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. Um, it is. It is a measurement that can be taken, and there's there's perceived, there's actual, and it. Uh, I don't know. We use it less and less. We are interested in actual, just for term of mm-hmm. you know how things come out. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, IBUs are they're interesting. They're uh, maybe antiquated. Yeah, I would say so. I've you know I've had uh, say um, the ghost train at Carter's. Mm-hmm. What's he say? One hundred and twenty IBUs. Something in that range. Yes. Yeah, and I it is a very hoppy beer, uh-huh. and it is it. To me, tastes way less hoppy than his ninety IBU. Right, and and it's because it's a different balance, and it seems to me like it should be more of just like a color wheel. 
orange. than just a Ooh, straight like a linear. Level? Like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yes. Man. Go orange. Yeah. Yes. This is a little reddish orange, and this one's a little <laughs> bit greenish blue. Because there's. It's well, thanks, so... Joe. I'm colorblind, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna know what's going on. Um, for you, how could we do that? <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. Gray, gray, gray. <laughs> this gray. one's pretty gray, and this one's a, a different gray. <laughs> I'll have a gray one. Please. Light gray. <laughs> Give me a gray. <laughs> you are a, a frequenter of many tasting rooms around yes. town. What, aside from Uber Brew, uh-huh. so this is not biased in any way. Right. Where would you send somebody for a great beer right now, and what beer would they get? Ooh. And you're not going to leave anybody out necessarily? No, not this leaving is, anyone yeah, out. Yeah, it's okay. Just um, what pops into the top of your head at this point? You know, I really do, I really appreciate what everyone in this town is doing, mm-hmm. and they honestly have. Absolutely. If you look at the sit back and you watch and you see what breweries are doing in this town, um, people are pretty true to themselves. They're they're really mm-hmm. brewing the styles they want to brew, and they're really representing themselves to the consumer. So that's awesome. So for me, I would say visit all of your tap rooms, yes. um, <laughs> because there's some really cool work going on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have to pick. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go see Shay mm-hmm. at Thursday Street. Um, I appreciate, I appreciate the direction he's going. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good, uh, let me rephrase the question then. Um, you can have one brew at each yeah. brewery. Well, yeah. What would you get at Thursday Street just for a great taste of what Thursday Street's about? I think I would have to try... I'd have to try one of his sour beers. Yeah. Um, and to me, uh, not as they're 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 very difficult mm-hmm. to finish. Um, not difficult in technique or or um, knowledge base type difficulty. They're difficult because you throw bugs into a barrel. And you cross your fingers. Now, your process has to be correct, and Shay does a good job. His process is sure. correct. But there's a little bit, there's a fair amount that's taken out of your control. And and that's not that's not simple. And that's that's a completely, it's an added and some would say unnecessary aspect of brewing. And I, yeah. I completely agree with you. Yeah. He does a sour. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and, he'll, and I, I, I would love to see him and he will whether I say so or not um, continue to work that program that he has it's a program and it takes time to develop and you mm-hmm. he's got to learn he'll continue to learn more she's very um, intuitive in, in, in brewing and he he's very knowledgeable to the process of sure. what, what's going on so yeah. I appreciate that about him and uh I, I, know, I try to support him and encourage. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he needs my encouragement either, but I I, I like what he's doing. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's something a little different, and he's chasing his um, craft in the way he wants to. So. Absolutely. Going to Carter's. Yes. What, what's the one beer you would order when you walked into Carter's? I mean, you tonight? said it. Uh, derailed. Yeah. It's derailed. or or Ghost Train. I'm sorry, you said Ghost Train. I think it's the derailed the little brother maybe mm-hmm. of Ghost Train. Yeah. Um, an Imperial IPA. Yes, I've I've uh, Ghost Train. I've is I've 
expanded my camping uh, opportunities downtown mm-hmm. after enjoying several ghost trains. I understand. Um, there I understand are some great places saying. to camp downtown there after a few ghost are. trains. Yes, so absolutely. Um, I would definitely, definitely <laughs> recommend a ghost train. Yeah. Um, I guess working your way down Montana Avenue, um, we'll skip over Uber Brew because obviously you're not going to go wrong at Uber Brew. Uh, order anything you want. All right, okay, fuck it. What would you get at Uber Brew? <laughs> one beer at Uber Brew. What, what one beer at Uber Brew. Today, one beer at Uber Brew is the um, Nelson Smash. Okay. My go. absolute favorite right now. And that's a, that's an IPA? It is. It's yep. single malt, single hopped IPA. I can yep. dig it. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. I guess we should... Uh, oh, Last Chance. Last uh, Chance. Um, this uh, It's a cider. Not exactly the same thing. Or you can go with the Red Lodge Ales, which they also serve there. Which is wonderful. It's nice having that piece in town. Yeah. Sam and Lindsay have brought an awesome venue to our town. They really so have. I appreciate that. Um, Travis um, does all of their... Not all. Travis does is the lead in their manufacturing production side. And he's, I think, doing some great things with cider. Mm-hmm. See more barrel aged ciders. Um, I wish I could remember the name of the apple. Starts with a K, I believe. And just smashed in Just So thanks, Travis. Um, <laughs> you better listen now. He's got to listen now. You're so, welcome, Travis. Um, it's a new apple. Okay. Uh, or a new, not a new apple. It's a newer variety for There's them to a new press. Apple? <laughs> yes, oh it's a MacBook apples. Pro. <laughs> They're road apples. They have Sorry. retina. Uh, <laughs> retina <laughs> display. Retina display. That's important. Um, yep, yep. Uh, no, it was started, as I understand. Boy, I'm gonna make a fool of myself. Hog now. feed. Um, Hog feed. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was an it's apple silage. that was developed to actually be a wide scale grocery apple. Really? Um, uh, far out. And they figured out that, ooh, wow, we really can't grow this on a large scale. Uh But there's farmers that kept it around because they like the strain. Mm -hmm. Um, My first experience to it was the pressed juice from the apple. Mm -hmm. And it blew my mind. It was wonderful. So um, that cider just came out, I believe. It just came out because I had one the other day. And that was pretty cool. Is it a barrel aged cider? Is it a nope. straight straight press? Yeah. Cool. Um, and and as an aside, if you're ever in Last Chance, just get a glass of their pressed apple. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just na. It's just the most amazing apple drink you've ever put in your face. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's fucking incredible. Um, make sure you're very aware when press season is. Mm-hmm. And then for weeks and weeks and weeks, take home a gallon of fresh squeezed apple juice mm-hmm. because it's wonderful. And if you want to do something weird, mm. I always want to do something weird. Make yourself some fucking homemade cider out of that shit. Ooh. Toss some champagne yeast yes. on there, wait a week, and then just drink it. Yes. It's fucking good. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's just like you're in prison again. <laughs> yes. Yes. Put it in a toilet tank. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> I like this. Um, YBB. I haven't had their new stuff. I'm kind of curious to, because uh, a good buddy of mine is helping out with uh, Zach. To, yeah. Yeah. Brewer's assistant. Mm-hmm. I I like Zach. Uh, He's an intense dude. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> I do. I love his intensity. <laughs> um, Joe first introduced me 
you know, this was really cool. So I, I want to delve into the Zach story just super quick. Um, we were hosting a home brewers meeting at Uber Brew two years ago, maybe mm-hmm. something of that nature. And uh, Zach didn't know him at the time, was sitting out at the plank. And Joe came back and said, Hey, he likes to homebrew this, that, or the other. Do you think it's cool if he comes back to the meeting? Oh, absolutely. So, mm-hmm. uh, Rimrock Brewers Guild, there's a plug. Um, great group if you like to RPG. learn more yeah. about uh, <laughs> Right. <Dude. laughs> Supreme Court of Beer. Right. Do I have a descent collar? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Zach came back, enjoyed the. Um, meeting. Uh-huh. Same. Yes. Yes. Um, enjoyed the meeting, and I saw him return to several other meetings through the process. It was great. Uh-huh. So I've kind of struck up a relationship with him over a couple of years. Um, I didn't really piece it together or know this when I went into Yellowstone Valley. We were kind of walking in there, seeing their progress. Um, not myself. I was the tag along, but they were really. Um, asking Marks for some of his opinions, which Joe pointed out to the collaboration side, he was willingly sharing. And, uh, I see Zach there. Sure. And, uh, so they're, they're opening their pre opening, uh, night. Um, we were there to have some beer and Zach came up to me and said, now he was jovial and he might've, he might Partake. have had a few celebrating of his own evening. libations and kind of want to think he was hitting on me a little bit. Sorry, Zach. Uh, uh, you're an attractive man. You yes. <laughs> Can you blame him? Honestly. <laughs> uh, poor Zach. Um, he came up to me and he said, you know what? I want to thank you. Uh, you know, Joe introduced me to you, the Brewers Guild, and thank you because you made me feel very welcome and... I'm excited to be doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah, fantastic. And I blew my mind. He yeah. said that. Like, and he seems wow. to be taken to it. And he's, he's, he's like having that. Really for taken it too. to it. He's loving it. Mm-hmm. I, I've, he's very passionate about it. So that's really cool. Have you uh, offered your uh, your advice for Yellowstone Valley as far as what what you would say to? No, I I have, have I have not. Or and the beer that you wanted to drink from there. Since. When I go over yeah. there, it's... I drink without fail. And that's part of my problem. Um, <laughs> I fail a lot. <laughs> um, Join the club. Um, I tend to drink with fail myself, right. but yes. Yeah, yeah there, there you go. Um, I, they're IPA. I mm-hmm. go over there and I drink their IPA. Um, uh, what, wild. I'm. Well, it's, uh, uh, red something. It's red something. It's, uh, Wildfly red. Wild. Dang it. It's. Uh, White tail red? No. Uh, it's a, oh uh, shit, Sean! I'm really sorry about it. It's a fly. It. Me too. I can see the fly, and it's Grizzly Wolf. It's there's Black uh, Widow Stout, the and there's Wildfly Red Pale Ale. Have the Pale Ale. So the Pale. Yeah, yeah. I've had it. It's good. Yeah, and it is strong. Mm-hmm. It's like a seven or eight percent mm-hmm. beer. Yeah, and that's another reason I go. And for it looks it. great in there. They've done a great oh, job. Oh, beautiful! Absolutely, oh, yeah, they've venue. redone the whole thing. Yes, and going to be a good music stage. venue. Yes, which um, I will editorialize at this point and say that I hope they don't have as much music in there as probably Mr. Lynch would like, 
because um, I like a nice, chill, quiet brew hang hangout right place. Shoulder to shoulder, yeah. conversation, talking. Yes, Jeopardy on mute on the TV. Right. Mm. Not just like Grandma's house. Exactly. Mm. We're going back up First Avenue now from Yellowstone Valley Brewing. Right. Have we hit Montana Brew Club? Brew Club? No, because we're going to stop at the original Angry Hanks mm-hmm. because oh. it has a special place in my heart. It sure does. Because I love the beer there. I do, too. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> but um, we'll pretend that they're still serving out of that original mm-hmm. location, mm-hmm. which is my first encounter with a, with a tap room, I'll have to say. Yeah. The little groovy gas station uh, on 24th and 1st. Yes. Um, so did it have the, the deck off, off the back, or it was just... The, the first filling station. Yeah, the first time I went there, they did not have the, <laughs> the vinyl patio. Mm-hmm. It was just like two that. tables yeah, and three big fucking kettles. Yep. And like, it I don't know, was 12 an old gas station. gnarly old dudes. That was cleaned up and oh, yeah. really nice little and, setup. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, 12 gnarly old dudes just sucking down, God, what was it at the time? Probably dog slobber and... Dog slobber. Um, I don't know if he even anger had... management. Yeah, I believe was around, and then head trauma was oh, around. Man. The head trauma IPA. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. I had a lot of head trauma from that. Yeah, beer. I hear you mm-hmm. and others. Um, what What would you get if you walked into Angry Hanks in even its new location? Yeah, what's What would you go to there? Um, I would have. Depending seasonal, they have some seasonals. Sure. They have the fried dynamite that they do that I go every year when yeah. they release that, and I I go and taste that beer for sure. Yeah. Um, if I'm gonna walk into Angry Hanks, I'm going to order. I'm gonna order a head trauma. That's what yeah. I'm going to order. Yeah, yeah. Another good IPA. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I guess we better stop at Billings Brewing before heading out. We west. better stop there. Yeah. What 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 do you go for there? I I was there not long ago, and we're talking Montana Brewing Company Brew Pub. Montana Brewing Company. Mm. Yeah, Greg thing. always has something interesting going on. He does. Um, he does. For a man that does not wear sleeves, <laughs> never. He, he always has something interesting <laughs> up that imaginary. It's not sleeve. just deltoids. <laughs> no, <laughs> up, up the proverbial sleeve. Right. Right. <laughs> um, I. Again, I and I'm kind of a junkie. I'm maybe an IPA junkie, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna I'm always going to lean towards an IPA, uh, a very good sour yeah. or a barrel aged beer of something. Sure. That's kind yeah. of my wheelhouse. So, um, I just experienced his IPA series that he's doing. So he had two beers. One was a rye IPA. One mm-hmm. was a citra hopped IPA. And I I stopped in to try both of those. So I think with Greg, I'm always going to check check out what he's doing new and different. So you, uh, you're sitting at, you're sitting at uh, the Montana Brewing Company, right. Billings Brewing. Yes. The brew pub. Right. You've, you've called your Uber. There's one there's one brewery out west that you need to go to, but on your way, you're probably going to want to go up Grand Avenue and stop at, I don't know, about 20th and maybe check on getting some records. Ooh. 
Really? Yeah. You yeah. want to go up there? I think so. All the way up there? It's a good way. Uh, it's kind of uh, out of the way. How else are you going to get there? I don't know. That's, that's a AJ's good way to go. there all day. He really has. <laughs> He's gotten there. That's so a good way to go. You're going to want to stop. Because um, when, you, when you're riding in an Uber, everybody <laughs> knows that the Ubers and Billings have record players. That's true. Uh, stock yeah. on yeah. every every Uber that's Absolutely. in town. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you wanted to stop by Ernie's and maybe buy a record... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Please. Please. By all means. Say hello. Say hi to AJ oh, and buy yourself a record. <laughs> Slap it on the turntable and then uh, direct your Uber driver to Canyon Creek. Canyon Creek, yes. Which is a interesting... Ron Kelbig. Oh, God, what a guy. Yes. And what a location. Yes. Like, it, you, can get your, you can get your Shiptons. Yes. You can get your t-shirts printed, you can get your Macon concrete supplies, mm. and you can get a damn fine beer. Right. Sure. All four of the things you need. <laughs> was, this, was this the sponsorship run here? And I, I'm, no. <laughs> why would you it say was, that? I, I, I wanna... Why would anybody want to go to Canyon Creek Brewing? <laughs> In the Trans Tech Center. 40669. I don't have any idea what the number is. 3266. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Ron. 1 800 Ron. Right. Beer. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, Canyon Creek has their food truck experience there as well. Yes. And last time I was there, mm-hmm. food truck parked out there, snow drifts everywhere, really charming husky dog just coiled up in like this snow drift, mm-hmm. like snoozing away, bend down, pet him. He's like, hey, what's up? Just like, <clears throat> anyway, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You walk in there, Ron's probably nowhere to be seen by the time you get out there. But uh, you want to you wanna sample Ron's wares. Where's, yes. where's your go-to if you're only allowed one? Min Pin. Min, Min Pin. Pin Pilsner. All right. I think Ron has that style pretty... He's dialed it in right now. And that, that means a lot coming from you because it's not, a, it's not a pale. No. It's not barrel-aged and it's not a sour. No, it's none of those. And it's a Pilsner, which is, I mean, arguably, one of the traditionally less complicated complex i guess but beer one of the hardest beers to yeah drink. man because if you want to make something simple right there's a lot more that can go wrong mm-hmm. with it yeah mm-hmm. yeah interesting it's a beautiful beer it tastes great yeah um i think he's doing a really good job with that so when i go there that's the first beer i'm going to order i i really i appreciate what you guys do this is a phenomenal format. Thank you. Um, it's so exciting that we have this resource in our community. And I do. I need to do a better job at spreading the word where I can. Because yeah. this is a, it is a great resource that uh, really helps people connect to the community, I think. Well, I really appreciate that. So, yeah, thanks for that. That's, this that's beer smells fun. like weed. <laughs> <laughs> tasting now. <laughs> right. This right. has got a very... There's a lot of weed in this beer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a hop that we've been wanting to brew with for quite some time. Sure. Uh, we've never had the opportunity, cost, availability. Yeah. Um, we found them come... Cost wasn't a lot less, but the availability became real, so we went ahead sure. and bought some. And generally when we do that and we have not brewed with a hop, we do a smash. Single malt, one malt so that it's very controlled and one hop 
and we take that um, we take that hop through the absolute same um, process that we use in every single malt single hop beer so that we at least believe we can start to understand what kind of characteristics we'll get from that hop okay. when we take it and potentially blend it with yeah. other hops. So that makes perfect sense. And that's what this beer is. So we've got one malt, one hop. One malt, one hop. Okay. And that's <clears throat> that's a big commitment. Uh, it's a big commitment. Because you're depending on these flavors. Shining. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing that's going to cover up anything else. No. Mm. Um, as a point of reference, how many, how many gallons of beer do you drag out of a batch, and how many pounds of hop do you have to put into a batch of beer? So we, so a batch of beer for us is a ten barrel batch. There are um, math three hundred and ten gallons um, of beer in that ten barrels. So okay. thirty one gallons per barrel. That makes sense. Um, math works, right? <laughs> Everybody pause. Yes. yes. Work okay. this out on Calculator. your own. Calculator. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ouch! Times ten. Ow! I hate it when it's times ten. Um, so three hundred and ten um, gallons in a batch, and that's what we'll usually brew a batch of this. John, sure. we'll brew some twenty barrel batches, two turns, um, but this will be this is a ten barrel batch, so we'll brew three hundred and ten gallons. And how many this. pounds of hops would you put into this kind of IPA? Situation. We absolutely believe in hops. Yeah, um, we're fans. Fair enough. Um, and so, and I don't want you to betray any secrets. No, no. We'll, the, we'll we'll t- we'll tell all secrets. Um, <laughs> oh. There's no secrets. Um, we. Well, I've watched will... National Treasure. There are some secrets. <laughs> there are some. Secrets. <laughs> they're behind bricks and they're uh, tiny glass. This one's also double dry hopped. Okay. So it's. Um, Two rounds of dry hopping in this beer, and we will dry hop this. This beer will have about 55 pounds of hops in it. So if we're talking... Don't do the math, please. Yeah, no, I'm... (laughs) No, kidding. (laughs) We're talking a shitload of money just in hops Mm -hmm. in one batch of beer. Mm -hmm. And And that's not counting the malt, and that's not counting the yeast, and that's not counting the time... And the equipment. No. No. But, I mean, just counting hops, there's several hundred dollars of ingredients in this batch of Thousand. beer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just leaving other things aside. Yeah. This several. is a big commitment. A batch of beer is not just to fuck around Monday morning. Sometimes it is. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, well. Right. Yeah. No, you're yeah. right. It's, you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, it's 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 not. If it's things, an investment. It is an investment. It absolutely is. And a batch and of beers is a right. house payment. Yes, at least. Yes. So I'm glad Mark Hastings is <laughs> involved in what we do. Absolutely. Because if it was me, we would have been foreclosed, and uh, um, I would be asking Joe Stocky if I could live on his back patio. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Right. Maybe. Yeah. That's the chickens. <laughs> Ooh, chickens! Mm-hmm. How many you got out really? there still? Uh, three still. That's pretty good. Do okay. They're layers. Mm-hmm. Just you know, brooder hands. Yeah, 
I, th- I, I just feel like it's important for people to understand that this is every sip of beer you have out of a out of a small brewery. People put their shit on the line. Yes. You can't you can't just you have to buy the equipment, which is minimum a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, super minimal. Yes. Yeah. Um, to, to go real small scale, I would say real small small scale. You're going to spend three hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So we're talking. We've got home brewery, nano brewery, mm-hmm. micro brewery. Mm-hmm. If you want to do micro brewery, and find it used, maybe yes. Maybe less than a house. Yep. But mostly a house. And then every batch of beer you make is a house payment. Mm -hmm. And there are breweries in this town that are just one guy making beer. Absolutely. And he's putting his neck on the line. Yep. Basically for every batch of beer he makes. For sure. And it's not easy. And it's not something you can just step into. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a wonderful deal. That's what I like about craft beer. I don't, you know, I, I get the consistency part of it. I know how hard it is to get a consistent beer, but I also like the people that are not on the fringes, but they're um, creating something different, something yeah. that's new, something that's, you know, out of the norm. I do think it's, I think you guys alluded to it at the beginning of it, of this process. And it is something that's, um, it's, 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 it is, it is our community. I mean, we are brewing yeah. beer that we interpret things that, you know, we interpret some styles or whatever we that we want to brew, and there's interest. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you get your street fights because your community came behind that beer, and Absolutely. they supported that beer. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very iconic to Billings. Um, that's what I love about our craft and what we do. Um, it's 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 got this uniqueness that the consumer is really driving it, and our consumer is um, the residents of our community. Yeah. So um, it's it's pretty fun. It's really rewarding. Um, and I think tap rooms um, tap rooms are that place where you can kind of remove yourself. I hope. Um, we, we, I've heard this for most of my life and have never believed it. Um, we don't talk religion or politics in a bar. Uh, maybe not in a bar, okay. Sure. Uh, but in a tap room? Yeah. yeah. We talk about religion, we talk about politics, we talk about the important things that are going on in, in and around our communities and our, in our country. And I think that it's a great place to do that. Um, so uh, I, I love the industry and I love what we do because of that. And more than, more than anything, I love the people that support what we do. Um, I think it's important for us as proprietors to continue to bring that product to the place marketplace and and bring that environment where people feel comfortable coming in and. And expressing themselves. I mean, that's what a tap room is to us. We're expressing ourselves to you through the handles that we're pouring. And uh, by God, express yourself when you're in our facility. We don't. We we want to hear what you're thinking and what you like, what you don't like, and that's that can be across various things, whether it be the beer or your politics or your religion. 
for example, um, I think that's important. And there has to be a place to publicly express those things that uh, that people are comfortable. Yeah. So that's a wonderful place to wrap up. Right there. Absolutely. Okay. I think that's beautiful. Well, thanks, Chad, for being here for uh, delving into Uber Brews process, and I appreciate you coming to the dump. Here we are. Oh, this is, I love this And talking to us. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Thank you guys so much. I I am uh, truly honored. I love what you guys are doing. (laughs) I am. It's, I love what you're doing. That's fine. This is important in our community. Well, it's an honor and a privilege to have you here. Thank you very much. (laughs) And thanks for bringing a gallon and a half of beer. In crazy huge limits. In your crawlers. Yes. <laughs> yes. My pleasure.